This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Ann Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are Mark David Kaplan, Carl Hamilton, and Henry Godinez. Mark and Carl play respectively Toad and Frog in the production of A Year with Frog and Toad at Chicago Children's Theater, which Henry Godinez directed. And I wanted to talk about this. It's a, it's a lovely piece of children's theater. Um, I love the books. I love this adaptation and I love this production. So it's, I thought, a fun opportunity to talk about what's different about children's theater. What do you do differently when you're performing for a young audience, when you're directing for a young audience? And what's just theater? And Henry, maybe you could kick us off just with a quick description of the piece. Sure. Well, I think that it's a combination of many of the books. Um, that sort of track uh, this remarkable friendship between a toad and a frog over the course basically of a year, but you get a sense that it's a cyclical um, thing that happens every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, dis- we meet them when they're coming out of hibernation in the spring, and we follow them into the summer and swimming and then raking leaves in the fall and sledding in the winter. Uh, and celebrating Christmas and going back to hibernation. But in the midst of that journey, we, we, I think, uh, see, see the, the nature of a really beautiful, lasting friendship, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, uh, embraces all of the insecurities and all of the anxieties and all of the joys that come into a, a beautiful friendship. Yeah. Yeah. The books are, do you know what ages they're stated to be written for? You know, I think they're they're early readers, so mm-hmm. they tend to be for preschool through really grade school. I think grade school is is where they're really really popular. Yeah. So the the Pete they were made into a musical by uh, Robert Rayal and Willie Rayal, um, and it's about an hour and a little bit. Is that it's right? It's about just under seventy minutes, I think. And what ages do you consider to be the prime audience for what you've done? Well, I guess. Wow. <laughs> wow. I say kids of all ages. <laughs> I, I would agree. I was going to say, I was going to say four to 84 uh-huh. uh, yeah. and beyond, really. It's, yeah. It really is truly a family show. There, we giggle and laugh and, and cry as much as any mm-hmm. kid would. Maybe mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Because I think it makes you long for the innocence that, you know, is so present in this relationship. Yeah. The books have a very distinct flavor. Of course, the illustrations have a huge impact on your reaction to a book. Now you're putting it on stage. Do you feel any compulsion to translate the style of the illustrations? Does that influence what you do, or do you have to throw that out and just start with the design afresh? No, actually, you know what it really does? It, um, You know, I should say that this is the second time that I've directed this piece. Mm-hmm. It was the inaugural production for Chicago Children's mm-hmm. Theater about eight or nine years ago. Yeah. Um, and in that production, original production, we were very much influenced by, by the animation in the book uh, in terms of the color palette and the tone and in many, many ways. And, and we sort of married that with the roots, I think, of the, of the musical adaptation, which are very much in vaudeville. So those two, I think, elements really affected the, the kind of the, the quality and the feel of the original production. Um, this time around, we had uh, much of the, the creative team was new. 
um, except for the costume designer and the set designer. And yet we really wanted to approach it as if it was the first time, mm -hmm. but with the advantage of, you know, the experience that we had that first time. And what was really cool this time is that our set designer brought in, and I can't really remember why, what the genesis of this is, was, but he brought in some, some research images of tra traveling gypsy wagons and, and people, uh, and I think he associated them, the, the kind of the musical performance, you know, quality of some of those traveling gypsies with what happens in the show. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. I think that really what it did was it made, and it's a new space mm -hmm. too. So I, I feel like it gave this production a, a much sort of, um, homier feel, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that the color palette is still very much the color palette of the animation in the books. Uh, the silhouettes and in many ways and the feel, but it's, it's even, I don't know, it's even dreamier and somehow uh -huh. more homespun, yeah. I think is the yeah. word I want. Yeah. They're, they're very domestic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was very interested. Um, I walked into the space. I brought my four year old cousin awesome. and well, she's, I don't know, second cousin twice removed or something, mm -hmm. but anyway, yeah, right. um, and the, uh, we're in a forest, which is, depicted with a lot of cloth. The, the trunks of the trees are hanging pieces of cloth. And and I wasn't at all sure that she would get it. So I said, so, you know, what's that? She said, trees. I said, what are they made of? She said, cloth. And the costumes are also very subtle. They're, they're um, the, the things that, that are characteristic of, for instance, the snail. I mean, he has this, a a snail's shell, but it's not huge and obvious. Everything, you, you see them really just as people with a some little small trademark something to let you know what right. kind of animal mm -hmm. they are. And she got all of that, which I, I was really very so impressed she's by. She's fantastic with that. <laughs> she makes it all workable too, which That's is the reality. Uh -huh. She shows you why the snail perhaps needs that and things come out of it, why the you're talking about the, the costume design. Yes, yeah. pieces, and, and just all the pieces that you see in a mm -hmm. picture, obviously. Mm -hmm. But she's she's made them all utility pieces too, yeah. which yeah. is Rachel, amazing. Rachel Healy. Rachel Healy, Healy. yep. Dynamite. She's the girl. So the design I thought was really successful, not to my eye that close to the style of the illustrations, but somehow with the, the same feeling. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's something that my four-year-old test audience member <laughs> was totally able to read. Which, by the way, I loved watching. She Henry sat happened next to be to sitting next to us. On opening yeah. night. And, well, oh my goodness, I think I watched her more than the show. <laughs> <laughs> She's Sorry. a very expressive <laughs> child. Oh, good. And she so you like can... When, well, I'm trying to remember when it was. The big uh, oh, uh, Toad to the Rescue. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Frog is lost in a deep hole. Maybe he's being chased by wolves. And I know you can't see me, but she had her hands up to her mouth like this, like she was praying. And I wanted to lean over and say, Oh, sweetheart, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yes. I think you're right to put four the bottom a limit because she's, um, very, kind of sophisticated listener and she could totally follow it but it was a little intense when the big terrible frog appeared oh, and it was on so the edge fun. of what she could could right. and when I tried to say it's a story that was the stupidest thing I could have said <laughs> because a story is of course it completely real, right? So sure. what's the distinction between a story that Frog's telling and something that actually happened? She doesn't have right. any filter right. like that. You've also hit what happens in the, in the telling of, of the story of Shivers. Because Carl will ask me, or I will ask him, right. did this really happen? Right. 
like any kid would. Right. Did this really happen? Right. Toad is very is a little scared too. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. the representation of that fear. Right. Right there. Well, we've we've kind of because I brought in my cousin, we've we've gone right to the audience, and I'm very interested to hear what it's like to perform when, as happened the night we were there, an audience member might just stroll up onto the stage and never know. Um, clearly, that's got... Did you notice that? There was a little boy, yeah. very small person, maybe right. two. Um, <laughs> right. So, but, but besides that obvious um, risk, there's just, I would think, a different quality of the response and a different way that you might work in front of that kind of audience. Yeah. yeah. I think they, uh, they're much more vocal about mm. whether they're involved, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not involved, but they will, usually they'll say something, and they'll, like, that is really scary, or mm. uh, high toad, and they'll, you know, wave right. at you, and, right. and, and so forth. They're much more uh, attentive, and, you, and then also much more vocal when they are losing interest. Right. So you're like, okay. Right. I need to I need to deepen the reality of this moment so mm-hmm. that they'll pay attention again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, Anne. It's it's actually when they do respond, and the great part of it is, it's their truth. And the way we've all set this up, the way the space is, and the way Henry has described the relationships, and how everybody that little kid felt safe to maybe walk mm-hmm. up there because he was in a safe place. That's part of saying, yeah, okay, you can answer. There's also toppled with that the adult response that you get as well and having those two come together is that's where where we say you know kids of all ages it's like yeah we all have a reaction to this story and um thank goodness they haven't learned yet in some ways to you know shut up at the theater it's it's fun for them to do that i love their reactions because they sort of reinvigorate the the innocence and the truth of the moment we we have a, a running list of things that are overheard by the kids saying, like, I think yesterday it was, that's a tuba, like in a parade. Like in <laughs> and, a parade. and it just makes the yeah. child inside of you giggle a little bit. Right. And you're like, yeah, we're telling a story that has a, a purity to it that, I don't know, I feel younger when I do this show. I feel yeah. like like that, that playfulness Simpler. Is, never goes away. I think it's because, and I felt it during the, process the rehearsal process it it's it's liberating because it there it is pure and and so you get to just kind of you know discard and you know let all this baggage that we accumulate as adults you know that really just covers up the truth and the essence of who we are as human beings kids don't have they mercifully haven't developed or you know <laughs> gotten all those barnacles on their soul and their mm-hmm. psyche um, and so it, it's so liberating to be able to just let that all fall away mm-hmm. and and play to the to one essential, simple, pure truth. So, so are you saying that you don't need to play more than one thing at a time, for instance, which is something that right. is often kind of something right. actors are trying to do, or Subtext. or that a script yeah. requires? Or um, you feel like you need, like you said, you feel like you need to. Oh, there's a million ways to to figure this out. There's mm-hmm. a million ways for a moment. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, that's what rehearsal is for. You try all of them. Mm-hmm. And with a, a great director and a watchful eye says, you know what? Have you had? He, he just looks, looks around. around. <laughs> yes. He looks which around, which listeners. <laughs> but the reality is, you try all of that, and it's all great support stuff. Because uh-huh. that, that, I love the process of rehearsing and finding that stuff. So you bring two people in, and you're going to have something 
you're going to have something different and something different every day mm-hmm. in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the playing that this is a simple story. It is mm-hmm. a simple story. Mm-hmm. The way that it's written, even what you were talking about, this sort of simplistic, but domestic, mm-hmm. there's something about it that's very familiar. Right. And, um, the, the, the most truthful moment wins out. Mm-hmm. It does. Now, I, I have to tell you, I have a pet peeve because actors always talk about truth. And people who aren't actors have no idea what that could possibly mean. Right. Actors are pretending. Actors are faking. Actors. Are, so is there any way to explain this without saying that? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I think that there is a, a, a shared reality of the situation Mm -hmm. that each person has different perspectives of. Mm -hmm. And I think the actor's job is usually to tell a lie, to find something more along the lines of an agreement, a social agreement that we all come to something that we all not necessarily in our heads understand, but in inside, we have a gut reaction to it. Something much more basic. You're talking about the other members of the ensemble of the cast I'm or talking also about the audience? Anybody who's observing it, which yeah. could be the members of the ensemble, yeah. but also sure. the audience as well. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll, um, it's my teacher hat on, yeah. but I, I'll, I'll share with you, uh, a definition of that mm-hmm. because I hear you, you know, my own students say, well, truth, what is that? Yeah. And so my great Former colleague at the theater school, DePaul, uh, Dr. Bella Itkin, yeah. uh, used to say that, you know, acting is believable human behavior under imaginary circumstances. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the truth that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's believable within the context of the story, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to go back to the notion of simplicity because I do think that's the right <laughs> word to mm-hmm. describe mm-hmm. what's special about this kind of theater and about this production. Can, Carl, just to start with you, can you, first of all, was it something you had to think about consciously, I need to be simple? Was it something that, that you talked about? Was it something that you thought about? No, I, I don't think that I thought about it as much, but I did, um, when I first, uh, before I even was related to the project, I had gotten the CD of Fr- Year with Frog and Toad a long time ago, and I gave it a quick listen and, and quickly dismissed it. I was like, oh, it's a kid show, I don't, I, I'm right. not listening to it. And then when I came to audition for the project, I gave it a re-listen and I'm like, oh, I dismissed this out of pocket. I, I really, I think there is a simplicity, but it's not simplistic. Yeah. It's not, it, it, there, there are characters, but they're Certainly not caricatures. Not yeah. And they're, <laughs> it's a very, it's sophisticated without pandering. Mm-hmm. These are just, these are things that happen to all of us. Mm-hmm. And so there was just, uh, in the in the rehearsal process, there was an obligation to not congest the moment with other things that mm-hmm. you know, the sort of the static of your brain, and just what would it be like if I just said, "I'm sorry" or "I care about you." There is a subtext. There is a subtext, yeah. but it's mostly about absolutely caring for someone else and what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I wrote this uh, to some of the members of the cast that um, this made me a better person in the doing of it Uh Um, because you work those muscles in the rehearsal process, the the muscles of of compassion in your life. Uh, And then you start start to notice that 
you know, this is a, this is a thing that I can do mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, I don't have to yeah. just do it in rehearsal. Yeah, right. uh, and this is one of those right. occasions where I'm not playing a, a murderer. I'm not right. playing uh, some uh, psychotic. Right. So I can indefinitely allow this to endow my life with a greater uh, a magnitude. Uh-huh. And it yeah. really did. It yeah. really... Yeah. 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 You're, you're, that's... It, that kind of resonates for me with what it is that are special about these books because it's that underlying, and you said this at the top, Henry, just this underlying affection, this steady affection and love between these two characters, which is always a subtext. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. That's exactly right. Well, so Henry, for you as the director, going back yet again to this <laughs> concept of simplicity, you know, people say Mozart is so hard to play because it can be so simple, and Picasso talked about spending his whole life trying to, you know, uh, recover the child in him and paint like a child. And I, I wonder if for the artist making a show like this, it's that same struggle. And, and I'm just curious what that looks like in rehearsal or what that looks like for you as the director. What kind of notes you give when you're trying to make it simple? That's a good question. Um, I think that for us as, as theater artists and for us as human beings, as adults, that means trusting that we can peel things back, that we can do with less you know, and, and not complicated. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that in that way, it's, and maybe that's true for musicians, you know, that mm-hmm. play Mozart, you know, mm-hmm. because, you, you know, I think our, our, sometimes our impulse is to, you know, to really put our mark on something, you know, and, and really, and I, I think what we have to do is get out of the way and trust the, the characters and the, and the words that, that we're here and, and the music. Mm-hmm. I think part of why simplicity may be hard, and I'm just, kind of discovering this as we're talking, is that it requires a certain amount of exposure. Mm. Oh, yes. yes. When something is mm-hmm. simple, you feel more exposed. Absolutely. absolutely. That's, absolutely. You have hit it on the head. Absolutely. Yeah. You have absolutely hit it on the head. Uh, TYA, or Theater for Young Audiences, as we like to mm-hmm. say, uh, is a bit, was a big part of my um, growing up as a professional actor. It was, I think, one of my first gigs. And finding the reality of when people are going with something that is style bent as opposed to story bent Mm. and i've been through a lot of those situations okay as an actor anyhow we have a bag of tricks we are called on to audition for a million different things and well every time you come to somebody and somebody new there is an element that you feel like oh my gosh i have to show them that i can do this Uh and i have Mm -hmm. to show them Every way I can. Right. You send your ambassador of talent. Exactly. Uh-huh. Right, like, right. This is my ambassador. Special he skills. Look at his credits. Right, right, exactly. right. Exactly. Right. You know, and I always think, well, I'm going to be the Meryl Streep of this. I'm going to be able to do it with, you know, a different hair color and a different right. accent every right. time I do it. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. but the reality is, and, and again, having, I know we're all, you know, having people that you trust and love in the room mm. that you can sort of say, yeah, you know, I can do this and I can do that. You don't need to show off. Is that? Absolutely. <laughs> that, exactly. Summary. Yeah, that's I it. I remember the day in rehearsal fairly early on. Where I, we all gathered around. It's just five actors, and I brought them around in a circle, and and I said, "Okay, now don't laugh, but I think it's really important that that right now that we begin to really ask ourselves those basic questions: Who am I? Why am I here? What do I need? Mm. How am I going to get what I need? You know, really fundamental like acting questions, right. mm-hmm. which. Uh, you know, I, I venture to say probably doesn't happen a lot in theater for young audience, you know, and, uh-huh. when, but, but I think that this particular play, this musical is not your typical theater for young audience mm. piece, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I really believe that 
to bring it to young audiences with integrity, you have to treat it as if it was Tennessee Williams or Arthur Miller, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, and, and I knew, and I know, I knew at that time that we had a company of actors that wouldn't laugh at me, mm-hmm. that would in fact embrace that sort Take of... Take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. When the books, I mean, they really are literature. I mean, as I think back yeah. as a parent mm-hmm. to all the books we read as when our kids were little, there are only a few that you would happily read again, and these are among those. Mm-hmm. Amelia Bedelia, not so much. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Freckle-faced strawberry, or right. who's that? Right. I so, guess that's so not the same. So the fact that it's literature, I'm sure, makes a difference to how you can approach it, how seriously you can take it without feeling like you're, you know... Ginning right. it up, kind of. That's right. 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 Um, you're right. There's enough resonance there to that you can with. trust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was lucky enough to just come off the road after having been, I've toured quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I was back out on the road again with the national tour of The Lion King. Uh-huh. I was on stage quite a bit, and I was manipulating a puppet, but I was able to really get from an audience when they understood storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the real storytelling happened. Without all the bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were enhancements, and they were visually amazing. And I would venture, without any shred of irony or doubt, to say our show is the same thing. There are moments in here where you go, oh, my gosh, that's so fun to look at and yeah. fun to watch. Yes, the, the sledding scene, let me just call that one out. <laughs> oh, yes. I think that is a there, it's, um So Frog and Toad go sledding. And the way it's staged is just with a huge piece of, like, probably three or four lengths of white silk or something that looks mm-hmm. like silk. Parachute. Parachute. Parachute material. And so it's manipulated by the other actors in a way that really creates the illusion. It comes and goes a little bit, but there are moments when you absolutely see the two of them going down this hill just because of the way the fabric is moving. I think that's the kind of thing that adults get more a kick out of than kids. They just see Frog and Toad going down the hill. So what? I mean, that's cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the adults are saying, oh, my God. I'm being, a- they're showing it to me. I'm able to see it. They're aware of both that it isn't there and then the, the illusion that it is and how different those are and how fun it is to be in that space. Yes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because we don't really try to mask it perfectly, you know? Mm-hmm, right. You know, as you said, you see the actors and you see this, the two stage crew gals manipulating the fabric. Right. And that was always part of our intention right. was to celebrate the stagecraft and mm-hmm. right. the Which Julie Tamor does too. I mean, talking yeah. about lying. That's King, exactly you know? right. You don't We're not trying that. to pretend that the puppeteers aren't there. And children, I think for children, it's maybe in a way less exciting because they just take it for granted that they can imagine things. Adults have a feeling of being stretched and kind of uplifted Mm -hmm. when they can see both the real, see the, know the reality is that it's not there and yet experience it as if it were. Especially in this day and age of CGI, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything that you, if you can imagine it, they can reproduce it on film. Right, right. But to see it, you know, created live on stage. Right. you need to use other tools, and, right. and it really does call on the imagination, which is the funnest thing. Right. And who knows how many kids are going to hit that aesthetic and go, I can go home, mm-hmm. and I can, we may have future designers right. in our, in our <laughs> audiences. Right. Right. So, I can do that. It was right. something Wasn't it Sean cool. who asked how about there's going to be a bunch of kids that go home and use, or was it you? Was it you that, that are going to use their parents' sheets? Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, I'm go in the home, water. Take mom's silk sheets. Right. Has anything about the audience response, just a moment surprised you? Is there, you know, do the children react differently than you expect or the adults for that matter? Hmm. You know, um, one of the, the previews that I watched, one of the performances, um, we also use fabric for the water. Yeah. Um, and 
I was, I wanted, I was curious in those early previews to see how the young audiences would respond. And there was this one day, uh, there was, there was a bank of young boys sitting behind me. And when, when we began the, the, the water scene, this one kid initially, when the water, when the fabric first came out, he was like, that's water. And then about two seconds later, I heard him say, that is cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> right. Right. You know, that moment um, where they suddenly it clicks. Yeah. yeah. Little thing that surprises me in a, um, thankfully that doesn't happen, you know, and there is, you know, it's, it's a friendship between mm. a frog and a toad that mm. are played by two men, mm. uh, especially like, um, Merry almost Christmas when they're, they're on Christmas Eve and you know, they are very honest about the way they feel. And they stand there singing with their arms around each other, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. totally platonic. Right. And I've never, ever heard a single snicker or a right. single snide remark or uh-huh. a jaded sort of thing, which is so wonderful and makes you, me so yeah, happy. Yeah, you right. know? I think that's, I, I think that's due to the environment that w- we've all created yeah. that, that things are just as they are. There's right. not, uh, there's, there's not a deeper um, complication to right, the moment. Right. Uh, going back to your element of simplicity, mm-hmm. like the way that a, a child sees a flower or a grape or experiences a ball for the first time is uniquely just about the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think as adults, it, we start to make it about our relationship to the ball mm-hmm. rather than the ball itself. Right. And so I think right. rediscovering that the sponta- spontaneity of experience. Mm-hmm. There's you a simplicity the pu- in that. And purity was another Without comment. Without comment. Without purity of friendship. Without agenda. Right. right. Yeah. One of the things I, I love about the show is it is completely engaging for adults, but it's none of that like Shrek stuff where there are jokes thrown out that are for the audience and that are, right. I mean, for the adult audience and right. that are kind of cynical or that are, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really need it. And not that. entirely well written. Sorry. Yes. There's some of it. Even if you listen to it, I think, ooh, that's not even very good. Yeah, right. But you said they're they're going for, because that's what they're going for. They're not really going for a truth. They're going for entertainment. There are a few moments that are, that we, when we do the evening shows and there are more adults in the audience, Mm. we generally get good laughs on, you know, things that, that are sort of, uh, more advanced jokes like yeah. the snail and going postal. Right, right. Like that's something uh-huh, that, the, right. that the adults get to sit back and go, okay. <laughs> but they're not wink, wink, nod, nod. Right. They don't undermine that's right. That's right. the other story, the children's. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. Thank you very much for joining me to talk about Frog and Toad, a year with Frog and Toad. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Anne.